Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short Bible study every single day, only about 13 minutes, but it keeps us in God's Word and therefore helps keep us focused on our relationship with God and upon our spiritual lives. But it also helps us to stay strong and even grow stronger in our faith because faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Now, you know people in your life who need to grow in their faith, don't you? They need to start thinking about their relationship with God and their soul's salvation. Help them by sharing these short studies with them every day through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means, with your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can. What a blessing it would be for them if you could help get them into God's word and thereby they turned their life around and got to heaven but that would also be a great blessing for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today and every day with everybody you can. We're going to continue our line of thought and study talking about seven dangerous nations. And no, we're not talking about geographic nations like Russia and China and North Korea and Iran and Iraq and Syria and a whole host of others that some people would name. We're not talking even about nations wherein, at least in parts of those countries, it's dangerous to live, especially if you're a openly practicing and dedicated Christian. We're not talking about some places where it's dangerous to live just because of violence and crime going on in the streets. And that would apply to even some cities in our nation right here, right now. Now, we're talking... I'm using a play on words, obviously, with the term nations. We've talked about abominations, practices, sinful, evil, wicked practices that are abominations to God. And some of those, in Proverbs chapter 6, verses 16 through 19, we would say, I wouldn't have thought that would be an abomination, such a strong, negative term of rejection and sinfulness and wickedness by God, such as a proud look. (laughs) There's ungodly pride, a lying tongue, feet that are swift in running to evil and tail-bearing and so on. Well, yeah, abominations. We looked at another one, contamination, and that's being contaminated with the ways of this world. And James says in in James chapter 1 and verse 27 that we need to keep ourselves unspotted from the world. And in chapter 4 and verse 4, he, he says that friendship with the world puts us in a position of strife with God because the ways of this world are not the ways of godliness. Godliness, that's following God faithfully. Our world is going down the other path toward eternal condemnation, generally speaking. Discrimination is another one that we talked about. Discrimination. We're all created in God's image with a soul. And God is not a God of prejudice or partiality. We need to respect one another, and we need to never get caught up in the evil of discrimination for whatever reason that discrimination might be exhibited. And it comes in different forms and from different directions and through different motivations. And especially as we're talking about different parts of the world. Well, what's the next one we want to talk about? Termination. Termination. Well, some people might say termination. Are you talking about physical death? Um, Not quite. Many people become Christians 
And when a person truly is baptized into Christ for the remission of their sins, Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, verse 47 of that second chapter of Acts says that the Lord himself adds them to his church, which is his body, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 22 and 23, Colossians chapter 1 and verse 18, and also verse 24. So think about, think about that very special personal relationship with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He adds us to his church as we come into salvation in him as we've been baptized for the remission of our sins. And as we're baptized into him, we come to salvation in him. Mark 16, verses 15 and 16, go into all the world, preach the gospel to all creation. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. He who does not believe shall be condemned. So Acts 2 and verse 47 again, the Lord adds to the church day by day all those who are coming to salvation. Now, what a blessing that is. But many people once they have become Christians and the Lord has added them to his church, they terminate that relationship. They terminate it by going back into the sinful ways of the world. How horrible is that? How terrible? I can't tell you how many times I have seen people be baptized into Christ, become Christians, and then go back into the ways of the world. In some cases, very quickly within a matter of a very short period of time. Others, after they have been faithful, dedicated Christians for many years, they get, they get caught up in some sinful practice, and they walk away from the church. They walk away from Christ. And let me emphasize to you, there's no way to walk away from the church without, at the same time, walking away from Christ. Because, again, the church is the body of Christ. It's also identified as being the house of God. We're not talking about the physical structure. That's a church building. The church is the members who make up the church, those who are the body of Christ. The church is described as being the house of God also. 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 15. Well, a lot of people, they walk away from the church. They walk away from Christ when they walk away from the church. In 2 Peter chapter 2, beginning with verse 20, we read this. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world, that's pretty descriptive language there, the sinfulness, the condemnation of worldly living, through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they've been taught the gospel, the message of forgiveness and salvation through Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome. So if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome, they go back into those worldly, sinful practices and lifestyles, Peter writes, the latter end is worse for them than the beginning. How could it be worse? Because the wages of sin is death, Romans 6 and verse, 20, uh, uh, verse 23. But the rest of that verse says, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Condemnation, eternal condemnation in hell, that's the wages of sin. 
It's talked about as being the lake that burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death, Revelation 21 and verse 8. How could it be worse than that? And I have contemplated that many times, many times through my life. And probably the best I can come up with is they knew what they had. Imagine being in a, in, in a place where you realize, I was saved, I was forgiven, I was redeemed, I was in Christ, and I threw it all away, and look where I am now, in hell, eternal condemnation, separated from my Lord forever and ever. That must be horrible must be horrible. It's it's difficult to really imagine what that must be like. Peter says it's worse than if they had never come to Christ in the first place. And that was eternal condemnation in itself, in hell. He goes on in verse 21, and he uses some very vivid illustrations here to try to get across the terribleness of that reality. For it would have been better for them not to have known the way of of righteousness than having known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered to them. But it has, but it has happened to them according to the true proverb, a dog returns to his own vomit and a sow having washed to her wallowing in the mire. They've gone back into the very degradation in which their souls were in a state of condemnation before they were saved in Christ, before they were forgiven and redeemed. And now they've gone back to that purposely and willingly. Now, are there some passages of Scripture that seem to indicate possibly there being degrees of punishment in hell? There are some that seem to point in that direction, possible understandings of them at least, But again, just the reality, the consciousness of saying, I did not have to end up here. I was saved in Christ, but I threw it all away. I walked away from it, and I walked back into the condemnation of sin, and here I am, suffering the consequences for all of eternity in hell. Too terrible to contemplate, really. Their end is worse than it was for them in the beginning when they were already lost in sin. We need to stop and think about the potential consequences of our actions. When we look at Hebrews chapter 10, And verse 26, if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sin, but a certain fearful expectation of judgment and fiery indignation which will devour the adversaries. Worse for them than it it was in the beginning. Wow. 
Let's pay attention. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for loving us so much that even as sinners, you sent your son, pure, absolutely righteous, to give his life on the cross as the perfect one time for all time sacrifice so that we could be forgiven of our sins, made whole spiritually, be saved in Christ, and look forward to an eternal home with you in heaven. Help us to be strong in our commitment to stay true to you, Father, to walk with you always in righteousness, obedience, and dedication, and to never let the devil lead us back into the sinful condemnation of the world. Help us, Father, and help us help others to be strong in the faith. Please forgive us, gracious Father. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.